people that had that affect them that way. I was so mad. I went and took an angry nap. Like I was pissed. How do you take an angry nap? You, I kind of just like get really mad and just shove my head into the pillow and go, I'm going to go to sleep. And oh. It's going to be better when I wake up. <laughs> okay. Sleep. Um, angry napping. I actually did it a lot. Um. <laughs> I want to clip that. Hello and welcome to Guardians MH Podcast. This week, uh, we have a very special guest and I can't wait to dive in more on how this person tackles so much. The one and only Icicle. How are you doing, Cole? I'm actually doing great today. I got sleep last night, which was amazing. So I'm feeling great today. Sleep is a good thing. Sleep is great. That is awesome. And it's fantastic. uh, Watermelon Red Bulls are also really good. I saw your Twitter. And I'm a little concerned. <laughs> That's like, I take it you really like that flavor. It tastes like Jolly Ranchers in a can. It's so good. Can we get a fact check on that? <laughs> I'll let you know tomorrow if I find one. Uh, you can find them at Walmart and 7-Eleven. Oh, I don't have any. We don't have 7-Elevens down here. Or up here. Nor do we. Technically you guys up live? here. Central New York, there's like. Three seven elevens. I'm in a triangle of sadness. Yeah. <laughs> I've got more seven elevens than Starbucks, so I'm good. Oh jeez. Uh, I, I've got you all beat with. We have the most importance per capita here. <laughs> Shocker. Shocker. There's like one on every street corner. Yeah, in Buffalo too. There's one on every street corner, and they all have lines. I don't understand it. <laughs> It's not that well, great coffee, <laughs> but it's got to be something. Yeah, go to Starbucks. <laughs> no Starbucks line, no either. wait. <laughs> now, who? Did, no, your guys' opinion. This is off the off the rails already. But <laughs> who, who, in your guys' opinion, has the best on the go coffee? Sorrentos, Duncan. We have a, a local chain up here where I live called Heavenly Donuts that unfortunately has Duncan's beat. In my opinion, hmm. For that's me, only because when you probably, go there, it's like a menu of coffee flavors, and I hate the way coffee f- tastes. So, same. It'd be second cup for me. We have this place called Coffee Mania up here, and it's awesome. Uh, it's a really small franchise, but they have great coffee. But I'm a big fan of gas station coffee. You know, <laughs> there's a there's oh, there's one. It's like Green Mountain. It's like the franchise oh, that they yeah. get their coffee from. Those Green Mountain, that Green Mountain, like it's called Black Magic. It's like a super dark roast. <gasps> oh yeah, so I've had good. that in K cups. That's pretty good. It's See, good. I don't actually like coffee. I like a little bit of coffee with my sugar and cream. <laughs> oh cream! <laughs> oh god! Ugh. I think I've seen a picture of your coffee before. Yeah, it's like frappuccino. That's what I like. It's technically yeah. not coffee. Coffee was just a tiny <laughs> bit of milk, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, bringing it back around, thank you so much, Cole, for coming on with us. It's such an honor having you on. Uh, We're all so we're all just big fans of everything you do. But in case people don't know who you are, 
why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So, God, where do I start? So, I'm the one behind Bad Destiny Joke. I'm also the person behind Shaq's Motivation. I'm the writer and director for the Destiny Machinima called Termino. And I'm also newly the clan founder for Red Jack. Wow, I can't say my own clan's name. Red Jack Network, which just today, and after a week and a half of being open, we've had to open a third division. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And we might have to open up a fourth beginning of next month. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that post this morning. Open up. What was it? Uh, Chi. Uh, so we have Sigma, which is PlayStation, um, and then we have uh, Zeta. Yeah, Zeta for yeah. PC, and then Z for Xbox. Um, if it keeps going like it is, we'll have to open a second PC division beginning of February, a second PlayStation division by the end of February, and then a second Xbox division by middle of March. Wow. And the Discord's already setting just at 485 members. Holy. It's been a week and a half. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. And a little shout out and chat there to Red Fox for, you know, he's been holding it down pretty good. Yeah, I've had had like so many people (laughs) that are helping out. It's amazing. I love it. But uh, that's pretty much the gist of what I do. So I can't think of anything else, really. <laughs> At no, least for the Dusty community. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all. <laughs> that's all for now. For now, yeah. You're just getting warmed up. Well, when I first met you about two years ago, about two years ago you were writing, uh, I stumbled upon your website. Yeah. Uh, and you were talking about the stories and short stories and everything that you, you know, the, oh my God, you, there's, there was so much then <laughs> now I, I, I can't imagine, but, uh, that's when I first, uh, oh God, what, what were they called? I can't, uh, hard reboot. It was my third Dusty novel. Reboot. Yeah. Cause I've written three before, um, my first one, I would do a weekly chapter. So I would actually sit down and within two hours, I'd have a 14, 14- hundred word chapter um and i posted to the clan i was in i would post to their to their blog section of the website and i ran that for i want to say almost two years i put out a chapter every week and that was my first destiny novel and then i wrote a second one which was a little bit shorter and then my third one was heart reboot which i had on my personal website which was the one you read and it went over really well but uh i actually Pulled all my writing. It somehow got lost somewhere. I actually lost all my writing. My books are gone. <gasps> yeah. They're just poof, gone. Um, but that's, I kind of switched everything to, over to Termino since we figured out a way to do a no gun glitch four different ways. So a bunch of patches oh, one nice. way. We have three other ways to do it. That was my introduction to you. And from there, you just grew. You had such a foothold in the Destiny community and you were just so motivated by it to, you know, create, you know, these stories and everything and novels essentially. Um, what motivated you to be so creative and, and to head into that direction? So I actually, my first book I wrote, I was 12 and it was like 450 pages. Um, wow. <laughs> 
And uh, she was a serious writer. <laughs> she was. Well, that's the like, thing. I went to a strict military school and I grew up in a very strict military house. So anything creative was thrown out the window. I was not encouraged really? to write or do art or anything. Um, I wasn't allowed to watch TV or movies or play video games. It was come home, do the chores, do your homework, uh, cook dinner. By the time I was cooking dinner, by the time I was ten, for the entire family, a family of five, huh. um, and study some more and go to bed. That was my entire life. So I like started writing and doing art on the side, kind of sneakily, um, and. Like my parents didn't tell me no, I couldn't do it, but they definitely didn't encourage it at all. So, um, but I just kind of kept doing it because it just, I liked being surrounded by paper and books and just creating all these characters and worlds, which is probably, probably all that isolation was probably what made my imagination explode <laughs> just to escape. Um, but then when I started to do, when I started playing Second Life, which is like an online grid. You can do anything, be anything kind of like think ready player one, but you can own your own sim slash planet and do anything you want to it. And I would create 3d simulators in blender and do the textures, the structures, geometry, upload it, charge people for it. And they'd also pay for me to write characters, backstories, lore. I did that for quite a few years. That's actually where I met my husband was on second life. Um, and I just kind of wrote everything. I just kept doing it. <laughs> you met your husband on Second Life. I love, yeah, I met him on Second Life. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, too, because when I first met him, I met him through a mutual friend. And I don't know why, but he felt compelled to needle me, just like, just really get under my skin. I wanted to throw him out the fucking, I wanted to throw him out the window <laughs> so bad. And then we just started talking and then we started dating and we started dating in February by June 24th. He was picking me up in North Carolina and driving me back to Texas where he lived. Cause I was in a wheelchair at the time due to an injury. So he actually came mm. picked me up, drove us back. So February we met June. He picked me up by November. We were married. Oh, wow. <laughs> All in the same year. <laughs> wow. Wow. Jumping in with both feet. I like it. <laughs> and that was seven years ago. <laughs> but the great thing is that's seven years ago, but you guys work together or around each other so well. <laughs> you complement each other like almost perfectly. Like you were telling me earlier, like, uh, you decorate around and as long as you're not decorating like immediately like on his like space for his like his computer for yeah. everything but you can decorate <laughs> all the way around it i just nailed my mic <laughs> and it's fine like and you guys want to be near each other like that's yeah. that's after five years some couples tend to start drifting and this and that i got banished to an office <laughs> like okay Ever since we got together, because we have, we've always had two desks. We really don't have a couch or anything like that. We don't need it because we're both in computer chairs all the time. Ever <laughs> since we got together, our desks have always been in the living room and they've always been side by side. Um, the apartment we're in now, uh, we both have L-shaped Ikea desks. So they actually mirror each other, which is really cool. <laughs> um, I did for a while, like maybe a month month and a half i moved my entire setup to the dining room which is literally maybe a 10 foot difference but it's kind of around the corner because the dining room sticks out a little bit 
But uh, I moved my setup and I saw a dramatic drop in my productivity because he wasn't right there. He's literally four feet behind me right now. But moving 10 feet, I couldn't get anything done. Like I couldn't draw or write because I'd always be looking over going, oh, he's over there. Okay. Oh, he's over there. Oh, okay. It just felt really weird being 10 feet further away from him. So <laughs> I told him, like, I want to move my setup back. I feel so bad. <laughs> he came home and he found me lifting my six foot by five foot desk over my head, trying to get it around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Using the ottoman to scooch it across the floor. <laughs> like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> That's crafty, though. Using the ottoman. Like a dolly. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But uh, we moved the setup back and it's just like, now I'm just working everything again. And granted, there's like, sometimes I'm too loud during Crucible or, you know, whatever. And like right now he has to be quiet because I'm on this podcast, but it's just like, we, we make it work. And it's just, it's weird being more than five feet away. It's really weird, but we make it work. And that's like after what, seven years when we haven't ripped each other's hair out. We actually, I don't think we've ever had a fight at all. Well, now you're just bragging. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm we've just, had, we've had to kick you out of the chat. We've had discussions, <laughs> but we've never actually had a fight. Like we've never yelled at each other at all. That's great. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. You guys have an amazing relationship. You got congratulations on that. <laughs> it was worth it. Worth the wait. And I will say I've had the, the pleasure and the opportunity to play with you in PVP and <laughs> that's an experience. So for him to be four feet away from all that is amazing. Like the funny wow. thing is he likes to brag about it to his friends. He's like, I got the best wife. It's really <laughs> fun actually. I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So what do you have uh last year you did uh bad destiny jokes at uh Guardian Con. Are you going to be bringing that to GCX this next year or so, this year? Yeah. So this year I should have a booth again, unless for some reason, just nobody wants me there, but uh, either way I'm going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but last year I did have bad redacted joke. Um, right. Because I had bad Anthem and bad Borderlands joke, which are now shut down and gone. But um, I will have bad destiny joke shack's motivation and myself there hopefully termina will be one or two episodes out by then um if not it's no big deal we're actually taking our time everyone agreed to just take our time to get it perfect which is great um but i will have a booth and i'm supposed to be in the mega booth with pesty and farian so that's gonna be awesome i'm so excited but uh I'm actually not stressed awesome. out like I was last year because last year was my first Guardian Con ever and my first booth ever. So it was like double the stress. Um, and I plan and like I did have posters and like postcards and everything. And I made my merchandise in the wrong resolution. So I had to redo it two months before the convention, get it proofed, printed and shipped. Like in all that short time, plus plan everything else. And I made myself so sick with stress that I was actually sick the first three days of Guardian Con. Like, I was just dying. (laughs) I wanted to go home so bad, but I stuck it out. This year, I'm just doing pins, postcards, and the care packages from Shaxx, and I'm just giving everything away for free because I'm not doing the whole pay thing again. 
It's not worth it to me. It's really not. I'll tell you what, the postcards, the handwritten ones were so popular last I year. Know. And they were so memorable. Like they were, <laughs> people absolutely loved them, but I feel really bad for you because <laughs> you hand wrote every single one of those when somebody came up and I can't remember the exact number, but it was like staggering. Uh, 250 of them. That's a lot to write. <laughs> to hand yeah. write every single one of those is really <laughs> impressive. But you're doing a Shaq's care package. I'm going to have to make a point because I know Ruby and Tyler uh, were getting a booth down there for mm-hmm. this year for Pixels After Dark. But Ruby's going to have her own booth and Tyler's going to have their own booth. So they're going to sell their own art pieces and we're going to sell and promote stuff for the podcast as well. Nice. So they're thinking about getting a double booth and putting that together. And it's, I'm like, what am I, I'm, you know what? I'm just going to be the guy in the middle. You know what? I'm just going to sit here and <laughs> whatever you need a bag. I'll hand you a bag. You, you need another one. Oh, here you go. I got you. Uh, but no, that's fantastic. I can't wait to hear, you know, what else you got. I, I know we're going to dive into it a little bit more later on in the, the, uh, the podcast, but, uh, just to keep us moving along, uh, what's everybody been playing lately? It's been two weeks. Uh, Cole, what have you been playing? Destiny. I really want that Savior title. I really, really want it because I love Saint 14. I freaking adore Saint 14, and yeah. that's a hard title to get. Not really, because I was looking at it like I knew Komodo would be the hardest part of it, and I really didn't want to screw with fusion rifles because I really hate them. Um, but I took Arbalist into momentum control for like two hours and I already got the 15 precision kills and 62 overall kills. So really it's, that's like the hardest part. It's already halfway done. Everything else is going to be easy, including the flawless sundial run. That's going to be easy as anything. Yeah. So now does that have to be a, that doesn't have to be like the legend tier. No, it's no, just the, the regular one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's not too bad. Yeah, I actually did that part the other night. Yeah, that'll be easy. Um, I want to get that that uh, bust of Saint Fourteen that Bungie has on their site. I I I have it opened and available right now, but I want. I don't have. I never bought any of the uh, the pins for like mm, the medallions or whatnot. The badges, yeah. yeah. The seals, that's up there. Yep, the seals. Thank you. I haven't bought any of them. I have two of them. Never got, you know, never purchased them. But the same 14 one, I will buy that. Did and I've been see, trying to grind um, it out. I, I saw on Twitter a while ago, someone made a display for all of those badges, the, those seals. And he painted the insides of them black and kept the outline gold. Nice. Really? So, like a shadow box? Yeah, it, it's, it's amazing. It looks really nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Who did that? I can't remember who did it, but um, the only other things I'm playing is nothing actually. <laughs> That's all I play. <laughs> I mean, I have Death Stranding, and I was so hyped for that game. I was so mega hyped for like three years, and I can't get past the first region. I don't know what they did, but I really don't like the aspect that other people can put holographic signs everywhere and they're unavoidable and other people can build structures and they're just there. Unless I go offline, I can't play that game single player. There's others people crap all over the game and I hate it. 
I can't stand it. So, yeah. Mm. That was the only other thing I was playing. But I I can't. Mm. Had I known that social aspect would have been wasn't going to be in the game, I wouldn't have bought it. I just wouldn't have. I'm so upset by that. It's a gorgeous game from what from what I grasp. I did not play it, but mm-hmm. I, I just don't know about being a mailman. I mean, <laughs> I mean that aspect it can get boring here and there, but it's a really pretty game. Right. Oh That's yeah. Just, the the skybox and everything is oh yeah amazing gorgeous. I just I hate that other people's structures are there. It's making the game easier, and I don't want that. It ticks me off that it makes the game easier. Hmm. <laughs> Only a true tryhard would be mad when the game gets easier. Yeah, and I know. Yeah. <laughs> you, should, you should go raise all their buildings and say, I don't want this. Make it hard again. That's the problem. You can't. Uh. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> well, we'll dive into that a little bit later, too. I think we're going to have that in the show notes a little bit more with Death Stranding and a couple other things uh, because of the awards that are coming out. But uh, let's move on. Uh, Goku, what have you been playing? Uh, I played a bit of D2, but I've been uh, going into Mass Effect 1 again on PC. Oh. Wow. Yes. Nostalgic, yes. are we? Yeah, it came on sale not long ago on Steam. It's like, screw you, Steam. I have to buy it. <laughs> like five bucks for one and two. Like, how did you know? <laughs> and booted it up and just... It's a 12-year-old game, so it's kind of... Does it look that great? It's like playing so just, Bioshock 1 and on I just looked online, and someone made a really huge mod pack for textures and everything for it. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So I spent, spent like an evening just modding the entire game, and it looks gorgeous. Really? Yeah. I'm going to need a link unlock to that frame mod. Rate. So I was able to unlock the frame rate. You can play it at 144 frames a second, and it, it is gorgeous. when you get a second tag you know send that mod link to cole so she can do it mass effect holds a very special place in my heart oh for me too it's one of my top 10 favorite games yeah easily that's awesome awesome no that's awesome you've been playing mass effect one i mean gosh (laughs) i haven't heard anybody play that in a long time but uh Let's move along. Uh, Nate, what have you been playing? Uh, I managed to actually get some Destiny time in this week. A um, little bit of uh, Crimson Doubles, unfortunately, not with the wife. I, you know, had to had to cheat on her with my, one of my good friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. And she walked in on us. That was awkward. Oh. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's about all I've I've had one day to play. The, it's been a it's been a rough week with the kids and with the uh with the new one that just joined our family. So congratulations. That's right. Uh your sister, right? Yeah, my sister in law. Sister in law had one. So there's a new little one in the family. Family just keeps growing and growing. All girls. It's it's gonna be rough. <laughs> Ooh. All right, I got two girls, so right. I have two of my own. We have a, now we have a third, and so good luck. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no nerds, nerds, right in chat. Everybody's cheating out there right now with crimson doubles. It's just like it's it's nothing personal, baby. It's 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 the game. You know, we need to go in together. <laughs> but no, uh, Coed, what have you been playing? 
I have been playing this Star Trek game on my phone, and I have not been able to put it down because I don't get the free time anymore or have the energy to sit down and play any kind of games on my computer. <laughs> it's terrible. So I get these cool mobile games and play them. A Star Trek one? Yep. It's called... Oh, crap. I can't remember the name of it. Star Trek Formal Alliance, or I forget the full name of it, but that's... Oh, I think you might It's a right. resource management game. It's, you know, go mine some stuff and then build some stuff and then mine some more stuff. It's it's a time killer game, basically. Is it Fleet Command? Fleet Command. That's the one. Yep. Nice. Oh, very cool. But that's awesome. basically been sucking up it. all my free time. Yeah. Sit around your phone. Just yep. Sit around and then go do something and then go on the phone and then go do something. I'll tell you what, you know, nowadays these these mobile games, man, they are just super addicting for a while. Like they really oh, grab you. COD Mobile isn't that bad at all. No, I've heard oh. good things about COD Mobile. Oh, I know. Yeah. The guys play it in my office while I'm trying to work and they just kill <laughs> each other. I'm well aware of that game. They <laughs> yell at each other. <laughs> and even Fortnite on mobile is actually really good. Depending is on it? which device you're playing it on, it's actually really good. It's really yeah. well optimized. Yeah, the Note 10 actually has like a gaming mode almost. All the new mm-hmm. Samsung devices have this special gaming mode where it'll like block notifications and it monitors the uh, performance of the phone and stuff. Oh, my hi. big, my big curiosity is uh, how does it play with the new like mobile cradles like controller cradles oh i want one so bad so they're becoming well i've heard good things about them but i think that could really because you know nintendo kind of has to be a little worried about those because that that's that's encroaching on their market right there with the switch and they have the switch light now which is i think 299 so bad my my daughter wants another one. She's like, it I comes want to that. my favorite color, dude. What color? Teal. That's the same one she wants. <laughs> I yep. want it so bad. I pick on her. I go, that's not teal. That's seagrass. Don't. Don't. <laughs> it's aquamarine. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she gets all fired up. But no, uh, but no, that's that's encroaching on their market. And with the new Switch Lite, I mean, that's purely mobile there's no dock so that's on the go um, I know alienware made a proof of concept yeah what was it d- during ces of uh, uh or was it another show of their switch competitor for pc yeah it was it was like a seven inch tablet with two big handles on the side of it it was a thing of beauty yeah there's been a lot of proof of concept but with the companies coming those out. phone cradles uh, I have one just for a DualShock that I just put my phone in and uh, I use it uh, just to do some basic tower management or running bounties in Destiny using remote play. I wouldn't do competitive PvP with it, but it works really well. Right. You're not, you're not going to go into comp elimination oh, on your phone? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I want to see it. I know you're not worried about your score, you know, your ELO or anything. 
You know what? Surprisingly enough, I actually I'm I'm part of the X Cloud beta, and when Destiny Two launched on it, I, I fired it up, and I mean on, on my Wi-Fi and everything. Um, I I legit had a, a positive KD, twenty two kills in a Crucible match playing on my phone. Really? So, uh, yeah. It's how, not, how was the lag on it? Is, it was it, it on a good connection. It was a couple milliseconds. You know, yeah. If I'm if I was playing a, a uber sweaty match, I mean, I'm 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 middling skill at best. Um, yeah, if I was one of those holster sweaties with with the high uh, high ELOs, it would make a difference. But for where where I sit, it was no worse or better than playing on uh, on my console. Just don't yeah, push. Like, like Just stay perce- back. A big perceptible lag, like the input lag. I I would say twenty five fifty millisecond. That's not that bad. No, not at all. Hmm. So, yeah, I've been I've been messing with that. I'm I'm one of the and, and, and don't flame me, chat. I'm I I have a Stadia. Um, <laughs> playing around with both of those. I'm actually going to be checking out uh, the GeForce now. Now that it's, uh, it's it's getting a little bit. I heard the last uh, the latest release of it fixed a lot of bugs and made it pretty smooth. So, I've been hearing good things about GeForce now compared to the Stadia. Hmm. Really? Yeah, well, I think the main thing with the, the GeForce Now is you buy the game and you own it compared well, to Stadia. It's Well, you buy the game, you own it, you just have another way of playing it. This is where Xbox and GeForce Now and whenever PlayStation figures out what they're doing is if the mobile is ever not available, you still have that game in your library to play elsewhere. Whereas mm-hmm. if Stadia goes down or Stadia goes away, your license are gone with it. You know, GeForce could fail, and all of your games are still because you purchased them all through Steam or through mm-hmm. UPlay. They're all still accessible, right? right. In some means, exactly. Now, I if, feel if XCloud fails. I fire up my Xbox. My games are still there. I feel Stadia should have gone full Xbox Game Pass, the pay subscription price per month, and get access to those games. Yep, I agree. Rather than the subscription plus buying the game. I, I completely agree. Hmm. Yeah, that's the big shortcoming. But as far as the tech is concerned, the, it, it, as far as playing is concerned, um, I honestly prefer my Stadia to any other platform. Well, good for you. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's And I, I hate saying that because it, it rubs a lot of people the wrong way, but I, I have legit played PvP matches in Destiny where no one was lagging. Hmm. Because you can't. It's a proof of concept for the future. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's driving the industry to a point where it's going to push Xbox to do better. It's pushing GeForce to GeForce apparently has made leaps and bounds improvements to their latency, and that doesn't exist unless you have a competitor that says this is how mm-hmm. it can be done. Hmm. Well, we'll see when it comes to down the road. And the other competitors pushing forward will make it that Google revises their way of doing things too. You got it's it. It's good to have competition. Yeah pushes people to continue to sorry <laughs> you trying to keep up with chat too <laughs> <laughs> a little bit uh no i saw something shiny no um All right, i titan. actually <laughs> uh, well speaking of titan i actually uh i've been playing destiny 2 i i'm i always play destiny 2 no matter what i'm i'm always on uh I jumped into Crimson Doubles yesterday. I had to uh, do some online training, and I 
did it a little bit quicker than I thought it was going to take. So I'm in the office and uh, I started playing Crimson Doubles to start kicking everything up because I want the sweet duo Sparrow. I want all all the goodies and everything for, for the season, you know, for this Crimson Days. So I started playing one match, just logged in, went in solo queued, got in a random match with people, and I tried to just be my Hammer Titan. Hammer Titan, nothing sweaty or anything like that, nothing trolly, nothing. These guys teabagged. The other team were just kind of, you know, just they were playing a little dirty. So we ended up losing. And slowly as it progressed, I started switching my loadout a little bit like, okay, I'll put this fusion on now. Okay. Oh, I'm going to put this hand cannon on. Okay. I'm going to switch, take hammer off. I started switching it up, started to get a little more sweaty, sweaty. We got to the tiebreaker and they won by popping all their supers all at once. They baited us out and both the hunters just unloaded on us. Well, I stuck in. I'm like, okay, troll time. I put on my insurmountable skull fort, shoulder tighten, threw on all my cop gear, everything. And I went into the next match and I shoulder charged. It was the same team. And I sent the guy on my team a message and said, push opposite direction, force them to me. And he just goes, okay. And we went out and <laughs> we forced them to quit before <laughs> the first round was over. I I ended up getting almost like 12 kills in the first round. And it was just, I just go, kept going from spawn to spawn. And I would just shoulder charge, shoulder charge. And we would link up and it my grenades would come back so quick. So it was just grenade, 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 shoulder charge, grenade, shoulder charge. I think I shot once with a shotgun and that was it. And we forced to quit. And it's like, I can't wait until tomorrow when I'm done with my work week to jump back into crimson doubles. And I'm going to throw that. It's going to be double Titans. Like last year, last year for crimson days, we got beat so bad in the first match, me and my buddy, Adam, and we're both, uh, striker Titans, and we just said, you know what? Let's put these helmets on. You go left, I'll go right. And it was just shoulder charging. We went like 22 <laughs> matches in a row, unbeaten, and we just essentially just pushed so hard and shoulder charged everybody. And we just kept it going for 20 some matches. It was a lot of fun, but I felt bad for everybody though. But yeah. Did you really feel that bad? No, see the smile on my face. (laughs) It was a lot of just hunters and warlocks just going, what do we do? It's a Titan. He's shoulder charging. What a shocker. No, but no, it was, it was, it was fun. I I like crimson doubles. I, I I really do. Uh, I wish the guns had a little bit better drops and were a little bit more sought after. I think it's a, a great opportunity for Bungie to really put something special out there that you can only get for a limited time. They gave it a, if they gave the weapons a couple more special like touches, people would be farming it and participating in all the events. Cause you Those just got to find that one thing. Like the, um, like the seasonal weapons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that would help a ton, but mm. We that's more gaming talk, but I know we could sit here and talk gaming all the time. But I'm really curious about diving into our mental health topic this week. I know we're running a little late because 
We love talking. Uh, <laughs> but Dr. Goku, you want to take us away? Sure. So uh, Cole, you had mentioned you wanted us to talk about creator burnout. Yeah, because believe it or not, that's something I run into a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something we've discussed in the past, but it's always good to kind of refresh everyone's mind and kind of go over uh, burnout again. So burnout is not technically recognized in North America within uh, what's called the DSM. It is recognized in Europe in what's called their ICD. Uh, but we do still recognize what burnout is. It's just not officialized. So burnout is when your body and mind are res- relentlessly strained. You can develop emotional and physical fatigue. It's a physical, mental, and emotional response to constant levels of high stress. And high stress can be related to anything. So burnout produces feelings of hopelessness, powerlessness, cynicism, resentment, and failure. Uh, The stress reactions can result in levels of depression or unhappiness that eventually threaten your job, your relationships, your health. So it it comes when someone feels overworked, underappreciated, they're confused about the expectations and priorities, they're concerned about job security, uh, overcommitment with responsibilities, or resentful about the duties that are um, uh, commensurate with pay. We've talked about um, burnout, like I, I mentioned in the past, we've had a couple guests to discuss burnout. So Cole, what's your understanding in relationship with a creator burnout? Uh, so, because with everything I do, um, I realize I'm burning out at times, um, but it's, I also see the looming deadlines and what the people are demanding. So I just kind of try to push through it. But more often than not, I like back during Guardian Con, I, I was so burnt out on, on prep and everything. I made myself physically sick, and that's usually what happens. So it's, it usually just results in me being either having a migraine that's bad for like a week and nothing helps, not even my, the pills that I use, or, um, I catch a really bad cold, almost like the flu. Cause I'm so burnt out and my body's trying to go, no, you're done. You're going to sit back and watch a movie. So <laughs> yeah, it's usually what I had to deal with. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the first time I actually really spoke to you outside of like, um, you were always, you know, someone I knew of on the internet. But that that day you dropped into our server when, uh, you know, when Shaq's motivation just took off through the roof and you're, you, you're like you came in and go, I have over 5000 notifications on my Twitter and I can't even open it on my phone. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Right. Mm. I yeah. remember like just you could you could you could feel the desperation just in the words. Right. It, it, so. Yeah, I, I will say, despite the fun of putting out bad destiny joke and Shaq's motivation, trying to keep up with the notifications is rather difficult. Cause I think I did the analytics just the other day and Shaq's motivation alone hit 14.5 million impressions. Wow. And that's without true Vanguard or Bife or bro man getting hold of a tweet. That was just, just the straight analytics without right. any sort of boost. And 
what I found, the reason these things can just explode is because I am paying attention to the replies and the likes mm-hmm. and everything and connecting with the community. But that's 25,000 people since August 21st. And yeah, it's, over, it's overwhelming. It's really overwhelming. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it's incredibly overwhelming. And when I had the direct messages open for me to like directly speak with people and give advice where I can or send them off to you guys, because it's just like, I can't, I can't give advice. And that was good conscience. But even that I was getting anywhere between 250 to 500 DMs a week. Right. Oof, God. I mean, and, and and you just you happen to you 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 caught everyone in the right way. Like you you took a figure that everyone respected and you used it with with such good intent and such power that there you have it. You know, one what one point four million impressions. Fourteen point five. Oh, fourteen. Million. Yeah. Fourteen. Ugh. Yeah. It's absurd. It's it staggering. I never expected that sort of thing. Like I started that Destiny joke and it took off and I started its own account oh, like barely a year ago and it has 14,000 followers. And then I started Shaq's Motivation August 21st of last year. It's barely been four months, five months. I don't know. Matt, how, much has, at it. how much has one account fed into the other? Like, do you see a lot of cross pollination between the two? Yeah, I actually see a lot of the same because fo- I have tweet deck up all the time. And I have notifications for my personal bad destiny joke and then Shaq's motivation. And more often than not, I will see people follow one account and then I'll see them pop over to the other two. Um, And then when somebody finds bad destiny joke, they will go through the entire timeline and hit like on every single tweet for the past year. And it'll just, the notifications will just keep going off over and over again. And then I, might, I might be guilty of that myself. <laughs> and then they'll pop over to Shaq's motivation and they'll start doing the same thing. Just like after like after like. It's like, okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, but that's got to be so just it's overwhelming and, you know, just overwhelming as it may be. It's just got to be so warming to think that it's connected with uh, somebody so much that they've went through and liked everything like showed that much support for both all channels and all avenues that they went through and took the time and liked every single thing. Yeah. I mean, that's gotta be, but just, I think a big thing is being aware that you, you are being overwhelmed that you are starting to burn out and being able to recognize that. And we've talked about this in the past. Uh, Bife came on and talked about, you know, uh, his experiences with burnout. And uh, we've had several other people come on and talk about it. And it's a very real thing. And it's affecting a lot more people. Uh, It's always affected people, but people are becoming more aware and exposed to burnout now. And it's not just with creativity, with creating videos or, you know, uh, uh, a social media presence or streaming or anything like it could be work. It could be anything that could be overwhelming them and they could be getting burned out. I mean, but being able to recognize that is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. But you, when you mentioned something, Cole, uh, you were really enthusiastic about starting uh, Shaq's Motivations. 
And it, it's something that happens with burnout because burnout doesn't hit you like a ton of bricks. It slowly sets itself in. So you start a new job, you're really interested, you're full of energy, but you start to find yourself in a state that you're either disillusioned or disappointed. Later on, you start to feel confused. You can't quite put your finger on what's wrong. And this is when burnout symptoms start to set in. And then that leads to frustration, irritability, a full-scale exhaustion and fatigue. And the symptoms that you can have from burnout are nothing to scoff at. Uh, someone that suffers from severe burnout can have psychosomatic illnesses, where it be psychological, emotional problems, which manifest themselves physically. You have digestive problems, headaches. You can have high blood pressure. It can lead to heart attacks, strokes, uh, teeth grinding. It can lead to fatigue. Uh, the people that are on the verge of burnout can feel powerless, hopeless. They feel drained. Uh, they can feel cynical, irritable, anxious, and, and the list just goes on and on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've dealt with quite a bit of that recently. One thing that I talk a lot about is self-care. And we went over uh, something uh, a while ago. And I know I sound like a damn broken record, but I, I do that at work as well, <laughs> is taking care of yourself physically and mentally and socially. So we need to take care of ourselves in terms of we need to sleep and get enough sleep. We need to eat properly. We need to hydrate ourselves. We need to interact with uh, people. We need to socialize. Uh, we work on maintaining close-knit relationships. Speaking of which, I'm maintaining a close relationship with my cat because apparently mm -hmm. he has to be all up in this right now. Uh, <laughs> that's normal if you're yeah, if, if you've ever seen cole's twitter feed at least once a day that cat's up in her grill i have two that do it but no you're you're totally right because um i have started to change a lot of my diet like i've done i've started eating red lentil pasta which is really good by the way hmm. um and chicken and i started doing that for my lunches at work um, just because I was trying to lose weight as well. Um, I signed up for Krav Maga classes, which is actually mm. really fun because I can now throw someone as big as Bife with one arm. <laughs> Guy's tall, dude. He's tall. But uh, it's like I try to go at least once a week. I'm trying to push for two just because it's only an hour long class and like you're, you're sweating and trying to breathe by the time these classes are done. They run you through the ringer. Um, but it helps take out a lot of aggression and I, I can't lie. It's a lot of fun. Just beating the crap out of people. Um, totally a Jack's mm -hmm. thing to say <laughs> for real. Yeah. Um, then I've also gotten, um, I do the HEB grocery store. I go to, um, they have these, uh, double walled cups that with the straws and everything. Sometimes I try not to do like the plastic disposable, but like the hard straws and everything. And I have one here home and then one at work so i always have a giant glass of ice water near me mm -hmm. 
it's just it's really easy to drink with just oh there's there's a straw no look like you know it makes it easier along with finding healthier snacks because i used to be able to eat a whole package of oreos in a sitting that's not good Mm -hmm. granted it's delicious but it's not good (laughs) moderation is key yeah no i can't do that either um (laughs) so i actually found because I have a major sweet tooth. I will sit down and just eat the crap out of some chocolate or candy. And I, I will just eat it till the cows come home. But I found a nice alternative called, um, I don't even know what the brand's called, but it's meringues. It's like these little dollops of sugary meringues. And a whole canister is three and a half Oreos. <laughs> this is the equivalent. Wow. So I found with, you know, managing my burnout and trying to be healthy and everything is finding those little substitutes or these little things to trick myself into being healthier. Um, oh, drop my pen. Um, but you mentioned water's a good one. Yes. I always have a glass of water on my desk when I'm with clients. So I'm with clients the entire day and our water machine at work is right next to the waiting room. So I have no excuse because every time I go see a client, it's right there. Yep. So every client fill up the, the glass of water and bring it back to my office. Yeah. Even if I don't drink the entire glass in one session, it's always there. You always have something to drink. Yeah, and I'm trying to coffee does not count because coffee does the opposite <laughs> effect of hydration of hydration. Yeah, it's a diuretic. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I was actually in the ER like two days before Christmas uh, this past year. And uh, one of the major things was severe dehydration. So I'm like just double fisting water. Like, that sucks. I'm like, I can't do that. It's bad. Um, yeah, I like I, probably around the same time I hit a major burnout. Like I took a I think it took two weeks off of Bad Destiny Joke and Shaq's renovation. Um, and I don't think it did much good. Because um, when I came back, started doing it again, I was struggling with it. Even like today, the joke in the Shaq's post I put out, it took me a good hour to think of something just because I, I couldn't pull anything out of my brain. Now, granted, I promised myself if I couldn't pull anything out, I wasn't going to tweet. But it's artist, the smartest movie ever made right yeah. there. It's difficult though, and this is actually why I shut down the DMs on Shaq's and my personal account, but it's difficult when I know it has such a huge impact on people because from my most recent count to the DMs, because I read them, I don't always reply just because there's so many. I I just had to shut it down. Um, But over seven people have actually gone and gotten professional help um, because they were dealing with severe depression and suicidal thoughts. Like some of them were on the very edge. Um, So knowing that right there, yeah. yeah. knowing I'm making that difference because I've gone through three attempts myself, knowing where they are and knowing I've been there and just this couple of words can have that one right push in the direction they need to go. I find myself that I, I have a really hard time not saying something at Shaq's knowing that might be the day somebody goes and gets help. Cause if I don't, 
they might not see the next day. Now, granted, I know that's a huge extreme situation that I'm probably just playing on my brain. Right. But that might've been a reality somewhere. So it just, I just push myself every single day to do that one tweet because it may just be the word somebody needs to hear. Now, doesn't that put a lot of extra pressure on something that kind of started out as something you did just for fun? It does and it doesn't because Shaq's motivation was born out of a bad Destiny joke tweet. Um, There was a couple of jokes I made between Shaq's and a couple of regular guardians. Like he was screaming he was proud of them for folding the laundry or getting out of the house or something along those lines. Just silly little jokes. And every single time I did it, people were like, I need Shaq's my life. I need Shaq's motivation. And I think it was a good three months of just seeing that over and over again that I decided to make that Twitter account and it just kind of blew up from there. Now, granted it, it does take a serious tone here and there. I try to lighten it up with like writing out the rest of the lyrics for I'm on the moon. It's made of cheese. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But considering the, where it's gone and the change of tone it's had and it's still growing tells me it's something that people need to hear. Now, granted, it is a digital character from a fictional universe made of pixels, but people have an easier time connecting with a character they can see themselves as rather than some celebrity who's trying to force advice down their throat. Because I could talk for hours about that. That's the reason my thesis. (laughs) (laughs) But the reason people look at Shaq's to be that figure that they need in their life to be that motivation is granted he is connected to the crucible and you know people there's a lot of people that hate that part of the game but he's also that father figure or a supportive figure or just somebody who's there giving them those words that they've never heard from anybody else and the way Bungie made him with never taking his helmet off it's easier for you to imagine who you want under that helmet. Same way they did Master Chief. It was easier to place yourself in the armor since you didn't know what it looked like. So. Yeah, that's the whole reason why our guardian doesn't really speak. Yeah, because that's, we could go all day with, that's not what my character would say, which is why they really don't have him speak all that often. Um, Same thing for Link. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. So being the voice inside that helmet that never comes off. I just, the way it has to be written, I enjoy it. Um, And I know it has to be done because there's people out there who are waiting for that notification to pop up on their phone, which Mm -hmm. is why I push myself to do it every single day. One thing that you mentioned is people reaching out saying, Oh, I need Shaq in my life to have, Tell me I did a good job for folding the laundry. And it's something that I work a lot with my clients in terms of redefining a new normal, looking at the things that you can't and that you are doing, the small progresses that you're making. And there's a concept that I use a lot called gamification with some clients. Mm -hmm. It's uh, 
based on the concept of trophies and achievements. And every time you do something, you get a reward. You get the, the notification, the sound, and that triggers a dopamine drip in our brains. Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> humans are, are prime, primarily based on dopamine. Dopamine makes me feel good. I'll repeat the behavior because it made me feel good. And uh, the application I like to suggest is an application called Super Better. It's available everywhere. And you download the app and you make goals and quests for yourself. And yes, you can cheat with the app and say, oh, I did all these things and not every, not really doing it, but you're just cheating yourself. But every time you're doing something, you're gaining experience. And the more you gain experience, the more you level up, the more your stats are growing. They're artificial numbers, but they make you feel good. Yeah. They make you feel like you've accomplished something and you're more likely to repeat the behavior. Because changing a behavior takes a long time. Previously, we said, oh, it was 21 days. No, <laughs> it's on average about 66 days to change mm. a behavior or so a new behavior to a habit. And sometimes I don't even change at all. Like um, I have a bad habit of when I do let people in my house, because that's a whole other story. I don't let people in my house unless I absolutely have to. Um, but if I know someone is coming in, I will clean the entire house top to bottom. I cannot have somebody come into a dirty house and it's just been something ingrained. So like, even if I know my brother-in-law is coming over, it's like, all right, is the mail picked up? You know, is the kitchen clean? Some, it's just, it has to be a clean house for some reason. Actually, I know the reason, but. God, I feel you on that one. <laughs> Having the two kids, uh, unannounced guests, get my ire. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, sometimes just things don't go away. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, but gamification does help because I actually, I have a game for myself for like I the things I need to get done just it's that one little tick mark and I just it's done and I feel better so mm-hmm. yeah no it totally makes sense yeah uh like I said super better is a good one if people are interested in that one um Habitica is another good one that's a, a, a small different one it's a habit forming RPG that you can create uh, like a guilds and go on quests. It's a whole RPG game, but based on tasks that you do in real life. Nice. So when, when you do get to that point where you're feeling burnt out, what, what's your process? How do you work through it now? Um, so I'm actually facing a little bit of burnout right now. Um, Cause just today I've done, you know, gone to work. I did by eight hours, um, got on destiny, worked on the Komodo quest. I actually lived, legitly right now I'm working on Termino artwork while I'm talking to you guys because my pad's right here. Um but I I can already feel the the threat of I don't want to do anything. And when I don't do anything I feel bad because I'm not doing anything. It's just this gross cycle that feeds itself. But when I start to feel that way, and this is gonna sound really freaking weird and I apologize in advance. But when I start to feel that burnout, I go on YouTube and I watch some questionable videos such as, well, I watch a lot of ghost videos just because that stuff's fun to watch. 
but, I'm with you on that one. Yes. Hey, if you ever watch Nuke's top five, you're going to love that one. I love, love that channel. It's so good. But I will actually go and watch um, some of my guilty pleasure stuff, like public freakout videos. I don't know why, but people freaking out is just therapeutic. I don't know why. Um, and then I kind of delve into the deeper stuff of I bought this on the dark web. This is what's in the box. And then I'll also sit and listen to real recordings of 911 calls. So you got the screaming and the tragedy Ooh, and listening to all that. That's dark. It's, it is. And I'll sit here and like do my nails or do something minor, like play a steam game. I'm listening to this stuff. But for some reason that helps. I don't know why. I know it's really weird, but it helps. Hmm. So yeah, I know it's, I know it's weird. One no. thing I say to a lot of my clients is when you start noticing that burnout is setting in, that's a notification for you that you need to take a step back. The work that you're going to be doing is always going to be there. There's always going to be more work. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you need to take a break. You need to take a vacation. And with content creators, due to the algorithm and everything revolving how social media works, they often believe that we can't or they can't take a break. And that's the complete opposite. You're going to do better work. You're going to be more productive after you take a couple weeks. Because, yes, it takes more than a week's vacation. I recommend at least two, if not three weeks in a row of a vacation. Yeah. Because then you can actually go into vacation mode. I don't think I've ever actually been in a vacation mode because I actually haven't gone anywhere on vacation. And I'm not including cons because that's still work. You're still meeting people, mm-hmm. networking, all that. But I have not gone on an actual vacation to a destination ever. Like, I have never gone to Hawaii to see the beaches. I've never gone to Seattle to see my favorite uh, artist permanent exhibit, Dale Chihuly, if anybody knows who that is, my favorite artist of all time. Um, My vacations I take off from work have always been staycations where I'm just sitting and gaming or, like, I took two days off because I was still sick couple weeks ago and I churned out a whole script episode for Termino. I actually spent my time working even though I was sick and I could have just blazed around the house. Um, but I've never actually taken a full on vacation to a destination. So I should probably do I'm that more recharging than that. Yeah, you probably should. <laughs> I think the, the reason it. I say more than a couple weeks is if you only take one week one week's vacation. So it's technically seven days. It takes you about three days to wind down. So seven to nine days, three to four days to wind down. You get about one day of vacation two, and then you're winding yourself back up to go back to work. So it's not really a vacation. The problem two is- weeks, you get like a week's worth ish of vacation. Yeah. Good point. The problem is I'm second in command of the company I work at mm-hmm. and no one else can do what I do. So I can't take more than a week off. It's hard enough taking three days off. So yeah, 
Um, I don't know where I was going with this. <laughs> it's hard to take vacation and to go in really anywhere. I actually haven't. So I look at it as uh, it's great to travel, you know, go and experience these things if you can, if, if, mm-hmm. if it's a doable, you know, if it's doable in your, in your future, if not near, mm-hmm. you know, further down. But the main thing that I'm getting out of it is just unplugging for a certain amount of time that you do feel rested, you know, that you do your, your health is coming back as far as, you know, your, your overall mental and physical health, you know, uh, being able to, I know it's difficult being able to unplug. I'm a virtual workaholic. I was in the hospital. I was still doing stuff, you know, on my phone and I don't even know how I was doing it, but I was doing it. But it's just another example that people people just don't know how to unplug and mm-hmm. recognizing that and then actually doing it after like you said three days These things phones <laughs> everyone Best has worse inventions we have you're absolutely right and Bella Bunny brought it up uh, last year two years ago yeah. cell phones they're they're great and absolutely terrible all at the same time you know. Mm-hmm. Because everybody has them and you have access to them and you just dive right back into things. So mm-hmm. you never really detach or, you know, unplug from things. But yeah, the, the phones are devices to add stress and create burnout. Um, one thing that I've been made aware of not too long ago is the advent of um, snap streaks. So I, I don't use Snapchat. I know maybe I sound old or something, but uh, a lot of the kids are so worried now of breaking their streaks. So Snapchat will count how many days in order you sent snaps. Yeah, I remember Seriously? hearing that from my stepdaughter. Yeah, and kids are freaking out and worried to break their streaks. So if their phone dies or they, by God, they, they break it or they go somewhere where there's no service that they have to unplug, that creates more stress because they're going to lose this artificial streak. Yeah. One of, one of my games just introduced a streak system and, and um, was the worst thing I ever did. Cause I actually stopped playing it because I felt exactly that it was, you know, that, 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 that candy was there to, to mm-hmm. constantly log, log in, in every log day, in, log in, log in. And I went, you know what? I, I, I you, I, you, you had me, but I got you now. I'm done. That's, that's why a lot of uh, mobile games, cause I have a whole bunch of my phone. They'll do those pop-up notifications once a day of, Hey, if you log in, you get this many coins. It's like, and it's happened all the time. Uh-huh. More often than not, I just end up in, uninstalling the game because it's just too many notifications. Yeah, so, yeah. They just they keep pushing it. I I basically have three games on my mobile phone, and that's uh, Harry Potter. And I've got a nice route on my way into work every morning that I can get all my dailies done within the first half hour. Um, <laughs> words with friends. Um, and I've recently started losing games because I haven't logged in because that was the one that did it. That was like, start your streak. And I went nah. And then there's another one called Two Dots that. 
same thing. They had a weekly and a daily and a this and that. And I went, you know what? It's like, I literally, I'm watching my wife glare at me while I'm doing this. You know? Yeah. Well, that's like, um, I like, I actually, I really love angry birds. Um, and there is like an angry bird kids bubble popper, but it's like reverse where you're going down instead of up, um, and using gravity. Um, it's a really fun game. I spent an entire Sunday binge watching for the millionth time Lord of the Rings and playing this mobile game just so I could beat this other, I don't know if it was a kid or adult, but it was pissing me off because he kept getting the top score every single week on the challenges. So I sat there all day for like 14 hours playing this game so I could beat him and get the gold medal. When gamification a- goes bad. <laughs> I spent a whole Sunday and I was like, okay, I got the goal, but my life didn't improve. So I just actually stopped playing the game after that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know any, where was going with that? I'm losing my brain. That's fine. We all do. Trust me. I <laughs> ramble all the time. Don't even worry about it. But before we move on, uh, what are some things, uh, Dr. Goku, people can do to, help them overcome burnout uh, be for their overall well-being. So I mentioned that a little bit earlier, make sure that you're eating properly. So making sure that you're getting good nutrition, it's not just the quantity of the food, it's the quality of the food as well. Make sure that it has color. So (laughs) fruits, vegetables, um, try to get a, a good amount of water. Get a decent amount of sleep. You don't need to have the eight hours of sleep per day. Listen to your body. Listen to what it needs. Some people need eight. Some people need six. Some people need 10. Listen to what it needs. Um, Try to get a good amount of social interactions. Yes, through a a device or a computer is beneficial, but face-to-face, in-person interactions are best for humans because we thrive within those social interactions. Mm. Try to get some exercise, which is also very good. And try to rest, unplug, try to do things for self-care, activities that make you feel good. I do have have to agree with the social interaction part because even though I've lived here in Austin for seven years, I don't have a single friend to hang out with. And, you know, there's all these cool places in Austin, like Sixth Street and Dragon Slayer and all that. I've never actually gone out and hung out with anybody um, other than my husband, of course. And he has, like, all his work friends. He goes, like, to poker and he goes to their game night, which they have, like, two every week or, like, two every um, month. But in the seven years I've lived here, I've never actually hung out with anybody. So I reached out on Twitter. and like, hey, is it me, Austin? Like, you want to hang out? And, um... I met up with Rick or a goat on Twitter um, and I took him to my favorite sushi place. Um, and we spent maybe an hour and a half together, just, you know, eating sushi, you know, just talking. And I felt amazing after that. Like, Holy cow. That was awesome. And now we're going to go hang out Saturday night. Like we're going to go down to an esports lounge and do a overwatch tournament. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So like, it's kind of sounds pathetic, but it's actually I'm really happy that I actually have a real life friend to hang out with now. So it does not sound pathetic at all. (laughs) It makes you feel good when you hang out with other humans. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm hoping to find some more Austin people, which is why we're having such a huge Austin meetup 
at Valhalla Esports Lounge at the end of the month because he was coming down from um, where's he from? Dallas. Um, and we're having a huge Austin meetup. So I'm hoping like all the people there that live locally like start hanging out with them just because I, I want people to hang out with. Granted, I'm a homebody and I have house plant. I kind of want to get out. <laughs> so I don't like going places alone because it's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with the interaction part. Cause that's yeah. No, that was great. Just yeah, it's, it was great. It's, it's something my wife and I deal with a lot with the new family and everything. It's like, well, you only have so many hours in the day. Um, and you know, all of her coworkers, you know, Hey, we're doing happy hour. And she, nah, nah, I've got to go home, take care of the kids. Nah, nah, I've got to go home, take care of the kids. And it just got to a normal. She came home and was just absolutely miserable. Um, and it showed and it, and, and I felt it and it started getting, you know, snarky around the house. And I went, hey, go, go, what I do, I get off work. I'll sit in my car for a half hour. And she goes, well, I don't have that luxury. I'm like, go out with your friends. Um, and she started doing it and it was, it, it, again, like you said, the social interaction, you don't realize you miss it until you don't have it. Yeah. And work definitely doesn't count at all, especially when no. you're the office manager, the warehouse manager, the personal assistant to the CEO and HR. Oh, and payroll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, those interactions don't count. <laughs> One thing I can say with work is if you have scheduled breaks, take them. Oh, if yeah. you have a lunch hour, take it. Don't eat at your desk. Go somewhere, the lunchroom or somewhere else to the park. Go eat there. That's not an option where I work because we don't have a break room because it's just a warehouse, my office and my boss's office. Hmm. And the three years I've been working there, other than like going out and getting food and coming back to eat at my desk, I've never actually taken a break or a lunch. Mm. And, and, and while I'm not condoning this to anyone, this is one of the few reasons I still smoke. <laughs> but a lot of people do that yep. to get that break though. A lot yep. of people use smoking as like, like because they've never it's smoked before. It's socially but... acceptable for you to step away for five minutes. Yep. Yeah, that and it gets you outside and you get the social inter- interactions. But a great thing that you could do if, like Cole said, if you're a person that doesn't really take lunch breaks, I, I usually don't. I use driving from one customer to another customer's you know uh, business as my break. It's right. not really a break. I'm driving, but that's but a different that thing. That can but be something getting- you... you- Throw on some music, listen to a podcast. It, it can be a break. Right, right. But you're still not unplugging a little bit. But you maybe utilizing that time, maybe start with like once a week. Take a 30-minute lunch break, but drive to Arby's. Grab a sandwich, turn on the radio, listen to music for a minute. Separate yourself from, from the work environment mm-hmm. just for a few minutes. Even that drive, like three blocks is mm-hmm. could be huge and then you get you got a warm meal that's not a pop tart or you know a bag of you know doritos yeah go get taco bell taco bell's got a huge nacho bell grande now for 10 bucks get that sucker that might be seven blocks but do that on wednesday instead of monday that way monday it's arby's day then taco bell but the One point thing- is getting out 
One thing that uh, me and one of my friends started to do, we, we were trying to do a little bit more often. So once a month or once every like six weeks, we get a gang of people together on Friday during lunch and we go to a restaurant just for an hour and a half, just meet up, talk for an hour and a half and then go back to the work. We kind of work all through the city. We just, we need to have those interactions. So sometimes it won't happen naturally. You have to schedule them. Right. Well, it works. You're putting forth that effort. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Goku, for going through that. How about we get into some gaming news real quick? I know we're kind of (laughs) running a little bit late. Okay. First thing that I had for gaming news, I, I'll, I'll kick it off, but uh, Anthem is being completely redesigned. Uh, Bioware came out and said that, you know, they're retooling it, you know, redoing everything. And just recently, um, somebody on Twitter said that they popped into Anthem to see what was new or whatnot, and they still had the Christmas decorations and stuff up. So that's that was pretty sad that they're not maintaining mm-hmm. it. but they had good reason. They are retooling the entire game. I, I think I played Anthem like twice. You know what? It's a gorgeous game. The environment is second to none. So if I you actually, can get it to run. Yeah. So I actually wasn't a big fan of it because I kept seeing the art and everything. And I was mad at Bioware for like dropping the ball with Math- Mass Effect Andromeda because I love Mass Effect so much. Ooh, and I blamed sad. Anthem for making Andromeda <laughs> such a bad game. Uh, but when the beta well, they were made by out, two different teams, so we, yes and no. Um, because I actually spoke to a couple of the Bioware um, community managers face to face about that. They were really open about everything, so that was a fun conversation. Um, but when I tried the Anthem open beta, I actually fell in love with Interceptor, like flipping around. You don't know where the camera is going, but you're still hitting stuff and killing it. I love that chaos. Um, the only issue I had was since I have 1,400 people on my friends list, the game would crash if I looked at the roster to try to find friends to play with. <laughs> it crashed every single time. Well, that's time. not good. No, it's not. Even on a, and I, I was playing the beta on my original, was it the Vanguard Golden White Edition PlayStation when they came out with TTK for Destiny? Hmm. Um, and it actually crashed and overheated my PlayStation. Holy. I, Ooh, you were yeah. one of the people that had that effect them that way i was so mad i went and took an angry nap like i was pissed how do you take an angry nap i kind of just like get really mad and just shove my head into the pillow and go i'm gonna go to sleep it's gonna be better when i wake up okay um angry napping i actually do that a lot um (laughs) i want to clip that i want to clip it but uh and I was so mad that I got up. My husband's like, put on your shoes. We're going out. I'm like, I don't want to. I'm still mad. And uh, so he took me to sushi, which always calms me down because I'm a fat butt and I love food. Um, and then he took me across the street to Fry's Electronics. And we picked up a PS4 Pro <laughs> that just right there, right there. And then um, got it all set up. And it's gorgeous on a PS4 Pro. Um and I played Anthem, just I played the crap out of it as an interceptor. I tried Storm, which is a lot like a warlock. Granted, it's fun, but the aiming's a little off. 
but knowing they're revamping it because i did get burnt out rather quickly on it but knowing they're revamping and going back to the drawing board and having spoken with the technical art team face to face at south by southwest gaming last year they know what they're doing ea needs is ea or activision ea they need to they need to give bioware the room to do what they do because they did bioware is a good company they 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 really do good games they just got ea'd here's my thing though ea owns both bioware and respawn respawn made titanfall and titanfall 2 which titanfall 2 if you haven't played the campaign whenever it's five bucks again pick it up and play the crap out of it because that's one of the best campaigns ever played anyways they they also made fallen order which is proving ea wrong that's what i don't get why did ea give bioware a multiplayer game and respawn a single player narrative those should have been flipped completely. Now, granted, the game that Respawn came out with, that Star Wars game, which I still have yet to play, and I don't remember the name it of right now. It is phenomenal. They did a great job. They got all those awards and everything, which I just saw on Twitter. Um, but it really screwed over the Bioware team really bad. So I don't know why EA made that call when they could have gotten two great products instead of one in a very disgruntled community. So... Mm. I don't know why. Because Andromeda got a lot of flack because it came out with a lot of bugs. It, as a Mass Effect game, it, it's a departure from the trilogy. But when you take it as a whole, it's just at the singular game, it's not that bad. They I, cut it off where all the DLC was going to be coming in, and that's kind of the frustrating part. And then they just kind of screwed the pooch with, with Anthem. If you read up or hear about what happened didn't they just like redo the demo or like right before they were announcing it at e3 so from change the name my understanding is they had most of andromeda done so they could flip up flip over both teams to anthem and then ea came along and said scrap andromeda do it all again in a year which is Hmm asinine because that's a lot of assets that's a lot of art that's a lot of crunch and terrible <laughs> mental health for the entire team um they they got ea'd they got ea'd and that's why it was such a crap game because i've done 54 playthroughs of mass effect one through three I, I wow really, i love that trilogy so much i only did like three <laughs> <laughs> she's a ways fan. to go Mass Effect two and three hold a very special place in my heart, but um, two is two is the best of the th- of the trilogy, in my opinion. So I played Mass Effect two, didn't understand the story, so I went back and picked up Mass Effect one, played the crap out of that, probably beat in like I don't know six hours, and then I started playing Mass Effect two, loved the heck out of it, went back and just played one and two over and over again, and that's before I met my husband. I was actually in a really bad relationship. And I did another playthrough of two. And having been through all the dialogue options, I was sitting there going, okay, that's it. I have nothing else to do. I And I was on the verge of going through with my third suicide attempt. And that very same day is when they announced Mass Effect 3. So I told myself, I'm going to wait for this game to come out. I'm going to play it. I'm just going to do the one playthrough and then I'm going to be done with life. 
And it was when I was doing that first initial playthrough of Mass Effect 3 is when I met my husband. So if Mass Effect 3 hadn't been announced that day, I might not be. And that's why Mass Effect 2 and 3 have such a special place in my heart. Sure. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. I will always love Bioware and I will defend them. They're a fantastic studio. They really are. Mm -hmm. It's just they can't let the the upper levels like... I don't want to call them the bean counters, but you can't. They can't let them push them to force things that aren't ready to be yeah. published. You know. Well, so Bioware has one of its offices down here in Austin, and EA also has a giant complex right down the street from where I live. We're actually on the same street. Every time I pass it, I flip it off. see i thought you were going a different direction with that one no no i've thought about bringing the place down but you know that put a lot of people out of jobs but i still flip it off every time i see it (laughs) my brother just moved back from austin from uh, the gaming industry just treating him wrong so yeah yeah no we've we've talked to people developers and uh creatives that don't have good things to say about how they treat their developers or designers but yeah you know everybody gets an opportunity to turn a corner you know uh there's so many studios now that focus on their designers and you know developers well-being Bungie being a a Mm. key you know, uh, you can ask any of them. They are very centered around the well-being of their employees. Um, and, you know, Gearbox is another. You know, th- they're CD Projekt Red. You know, they're, a lot of these studios care deeply about their employees and try not to force crunch unless it's absolutely necessary to get something out. But also give people adequate time to recuperate from putting so much into it and give time to develop. And well, some of them actually have massages in. Well, look inside. at how many games have gotten delays lately. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. There's so many that got delayed. Doom got a delay. Last of us got a delay. Uh, Cyberpunk got a delay. Avengers got a delay. Yeah. I'm okay with delays. Same. I'm actually really happy I never got into the gaming industry because I tried for 10 years. I've done over 400 applications, never got anywhere, except for, I want to say like four months ago, I had one interview with Bungie, totally tanked it. I think I cried for like two hours because of how bad I did. Um, But I'm actually kind of happy I never broke into it because I think it would just absolutely just break me with the way they treat developer developers and designers like well well if they ever need another community manager well they got four of them now so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think they're good for a little while i'm just saying i don't know Five, man. If, if you, you saw the guy Dij, in germany if you saw Dij over in like guardian con like i passed him when i went to set up my booth the day before the convention opened and just the look on his face like okay i'm just gonna say hi and keep walking because he did not look like a hampy camper he was obviously just exhausted so sure yeah now he he needs either a promotion or a year-long vacation a spade because that guy needs a break <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got the luxury of having to spin things where you know yeah he's a wordsmith that guy yeah. mm-hmm. i'm yeah. telling you there is 
very few people that can turn a phrase like him. <laughs> and uh, I give him a lot of credit. I, I hope to meet him, him and the, the rest of the team in the future. But let's, uh, let's, but speaking Since, of Bungie. Exactly. <laughs> speaking of Bungie. <laughs> what's going on right now in Destiny 2? We've already touched on it. Days. FOMO. Right. Yeah. FOMO. Crimson FOMO. Yeah. And we have the, what is it, the Imperium Foundation that's mm-hmm. called? Yes. Right. Stonks. That everyone's d- donating Stonks. their fractaline. <laughs> no, invest. Invest, then donate. We're I investing this under- week. I don't understand a damn thing about any of that. Like, what is this invest and okay, what is so- this donate? I, I feel like that infomercial guy needs to come on and go, buy, 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 sell, sell, sell. <laughs> he did on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so from my understanding, that grand, I had to have my clan explain it to me like three hours ago. But from my so understanding, <laughs> yeah. Um, so what you're doing is uh, you get all of your obelisks up to 10 or 11 or something like that. So you can get the triumphs done. Because every time you get one of those triumphs done, for this season, it actually gives you like a hundred factor line, which is great. Yep. Um, and then you pick one obelisk and you dump all your fractal line into it, but you can also take legendary shards and glimmer and buy um like the yellow fractal line that looks like an exotic right. fractal line. Yeah, and that's an upgrade. And it bumps itself. it up one level, and you just keep going back and forth between buying those and going to spider because you can buy glimmer and shards from spider. So you just go oh. continually because, like, before we even hopped on here, I took my that's, Nessus obelisk from that's the macros I've been hearing about. Yeah, now I understand. So, yeah, so you need you need to go to spider, spend all you can. Um, and then go to the um, obelisk or whatever you want to call it at the tower, pick up those yellow fractalize and then dump it in one obelisk. You only have to worry about one. So pick it up one you like the most. Um, Cause like I took my just today in like 20 minutes, I took my Nessus obelisk from 12 to 67. Right. And then, if you don't want to know what I'm talking about there, guys, with the macros, people are literally writing scripts so that they can get their PC character to run X amount yeah. of feet, turn right, push yeah. button, turn around, redo it, wash, rinse, repeat. Like, they, yeah, and just you keep doing it over and over again because you get a certain amount of fractaline the following week when you visit the one of the tower. It gives you back a certain number of fractaline for the amount of uh resonance rank which is that number we're keeping track of on the obelisks um you get a certain amount back for the level and then you take those and put those back into it and you put it back into the obelisks now the reason we're doing that is because it's actually generating more fractaline because with the charged fractaline you're only putting one in but you're getting a certain amount out so you're really reinvesting to duplicate, and then that's when we're going to shove it all into the one at the tower. Because if you give fractal line to the one at the tower, that's contributing towards the end all total. Um, so and people, this is, and this is why I can't get a crimson days match. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're just bouncing back and forth. Um, because it's charging something in the crucible. <sighs> so right. if we remember right, if you go back to the trailer we had for 
Saint 14, which was gorgeous. And I love that man to death. And yes, just everything about him is just yes. But <laughs> um, if you go back and listen to the gameplay trailer, there's actually crucible lines for him. So people are saying it's trials coming back. Some people are saying it shouldn't come back because the sandbox. But if you look at the D1 history of trials and the sandbox, there was never a perfect meta. There will never be a perfect meta. The meta is going to change every season. We should already be used to this after so many years. So if Trials does come back, that will be amazing. Now, granted, it's going to suck yes. for some people because the current meta. Right. But we will have Trials back. The meta will change again. It always the, the, happens. The biggest Thanks. issue is stuff like Infinite Dongblade and right all these exploits you can't have those in trials and how they manage that right well a shoulder charge is part of it that's 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 just part of it though right there's counters believe me i'm a warlock i know how to count i'm a hunter i know (laughs) but here's the things those are isolated cases and you know what just like cole said think back to d1 trials that was in trials all that stuff and you know what we persevered through it we played through it the crucible sandbox the way it is the people complaining about it right now will always complain about it it will never be to their standard and when it is it's only catering to them not Mm -hmm. everyone so it's never going to be a perfectly balanced sandbox it can't be because the random rolls and everything we will never have a perfect sandbox like call of duty or or battlefield now even battlefield has had its issues with a couple of overpowered weapons and they've had to rebalance the sandbox and then it gets nerfed and people complain (laughs) but destiny is so unique with its gameplay with its roles the amount of equipment you can flip in and out and all the you know now we have mods we can slot we have you know, we have all these stats Tons other games don't have. Options. Like base yeah. running. We can change that in Destiny. You can't change that in Overwatch. So that's like we're never gonna have a perfect sandbox. People need to get over with it. And Destiny's gonna always gonna be chaotic. It will right. always be chaotic, and that's part of the fun. You're My right. other thing is YouTubers and streamers, no matter what platform you're on, need to take responsibility for finding these exploits and showing them to the masses. They need to take responsibility for putting that out there. Now, granted, Mm -hmm. it's there. They're going to show it because they need the views, they need the clicks. I get that. They have to make money. But at least have the common courtesy to go to Bungie because you know a lot of these people have somebody they can talk to directly and say, this is broken you need to fix it and then put out the video. So Bungie has a heads up instead of going, Oh, this video was posted three hours ago and now it's all over the crucible. Right. Ha- hashtag glad damn it. So, I, know, I've I, seen, wasn't right? gonna, I wasn't going to say it, but you know what? Right. I wasn't so many people much. watch his channels and this and that, you know, somebody at Bungie picked that up right then. And, and, and the last the one team. in particular has been known for two months, but the, the people that were reporting it were like, eh, as soon as Glad posts a video on it, you know, you, you see DMG post a, a gif of him pulling his hair out because oh, what have you done to me now? And it's like, this was a two-month-old bug. And now it's suddenly all over the place because everyone knows about it. So right. I think there needs to be some responsibility a, of these people. Exactly. Yeah. Now, granted, I get it. They need the views. They need the, the clicks. They need the monetization. They And I get why they're doing it. 
don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming right. anybody for this, right. this no. chaos in the crucible, but at least have some sort of courtesy of giving a heads up before announcing it to the world. Because when you do it the opposite way of, Hey, I found this, Hey, look at we can do this. And then Munji fights out. Now you're sending the whole team into a scramble. Right. On a Friday afternoon. On a Friday no, afternoon. That's a good point. Right. So at least have some courtesy of going, you know, heads up, this is what's happening. Then make FYI, videos. I'm going to yeah. put a video out. Yeah. And there has to be some sort of responsibility with that. And um, if you look at it, the response was that was last Friday. They put that the video mm-hmm. out and mm-hmm. they just put a patch out today. Yeah, I mean, that stuff takes time because I used to build Mm -hmm. 3D simulators for Second Life. I know how hard scripting is. Right. And that's why I will always defend devs to the death because it's hard. Making games is hard. It's not, you know, oh, here's here's a little script and it's going to open a door. No, this script is like 38 (laughs) strings long to make a door move. Yeah. So, like, there needs to be some sort of way for these people to go, hey, this is broken. And give the team a heads up. It's like, I don't know, it just really makes me mad. My biggest issue with trials is what makes the vocal majority happy and what makes the general populace happy are two very disparate things. Um, my, My least favorite thing about year one trials was the pinnacle weapons were so overpowered that as someone that was coming in behind someone that already got these pinnacle weapons, it made it that much harder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it was doable. It was doable. If you, you know, I got a carry from Dr. Lupo. That was how I got my one trials uh, lighthouse. It was that D one D one. Okay. I never got a, never got a lighthouse in D two. Cause yeah, you should have ran with me, man. I would have brought you there. (laughs) You're on PlayStation. I ran that Fire man, oh, I loved it. I think I've only gone flawless a couple of times in D two. The few times I did, I did trials. I actually avoided trials in D one because it scared the living crap out of me. And this is coming from somebody that used to play competitively in Halo three. Trials scared the crap out of me. Yeah, um, but it was so much fun. Like, I didn't get fun, lose, which is why I kept doing it. It didn't get fun until after I got that first lighthouse. Like that first time I got to go to the White House, that's when it became fun for me because granted that pressure was like, it's, it was gone. So, cause like legitimately when we got that ninth win without the boons, cause I think we ran out, I actually dropped my controller and started crying all the way to the lighthouse. I was just sobbing my eyes out going, Oh my God, we finally made it. I think it took two and a half months for me to go to the lighthouse playing every weekend. Yeah, um, I, I never went to the lighthouse in D1. Me and the, the crew I was running trials with, we would constantly get eight wins and just never get that ninth mm-hmm. for like months. Because once you got to that ninth card, it was literally everyone on their final card with the way the matchmaking worked. Yeah. So, But it was so- funny. It made us continue and <laughs> try to get there. So there was actually a time where we were on our ninth win and I forget it was a Mars map with the bird cage on like the far side. And the person we had the great honor of matching up with is Anubis from get wrecked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it came down to him and I 
Obviously, he's on his warlock. And I was so scared because he was a known name. Even I knew him. And I was living under a rock. And I got so scared. I Like, he looked right at me. And I couldn't even fire my gun. And he just took me out. I'm like, oh, my God. This is horrifying. I don't think I played for, like, three weeks after that. I was so scared. <laughs> It's neat seeing seeing names. I I would run into Fallout and Watts in trial matches, dude. And I would be watching Fallout's channel and be like, dude, how are you doing? He goes, oh, there's Joe. Yeah, we like Joe. Oh, bye, Joe. (laughs) And then he'd wipe us. But no, no, I get you. But a lot of this conversation is coming from uh, this uh, event that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. If you open up the the crucible map or the uh the menu you'll see right in the middle of it there's a bar that's growing to go i think it goes all the way to nine doesn't it or seven 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 and it's at right now we're at six right six Mm -hmm. something i we're at something but it's all it looks like it's leading to accessing and opening trials of osiris again and that is a big thing with the community right now because it was such a beloved and listen to how we're talking it was a beloved game mode and trials is what saved destiny one you're you're absolutely right and you know what it went away from d2 had they tried some new things it didn't work and they took it offline um which is understandable absolutely i'm hoping that it's going to be more of the traditional trials of Osiris, 3v3, elimination, and Saint-14 is going to voice it. That's my dream. Here's the thing. If you look at the space that Saint-14 is in now, he has all the trials, you know, Regali and everything. It's really pretty, but it's a temporary space, like how we saw the Queen's Guard in the D1 Tower. He's not going to be in the hangar the entire time, so he has to go somewhere. We already saw Drifter move. Um, we've seen Osiris move obviously in the season, but I don't think it's going to be trials of Osiris. It's going to be something with St. 14, because if you look at the story, if you, you know, care about it at all, Ikora and Savala are talking about getting rid of the Vanguard because of Cade's death and they just can't keep it together anymore. And added pressure from the Praxic order and the mayor, like, like not guardian, mayor of the last city is pressuring them to figure something out but they can't so i would not be surprised if they brought in saint 14 to be the trials or whatever you want to call it the head of that and then bring osiris back from the um not the elusive forest you know that infinite forest there you go um because he was not ostracized. I can't think. He was excommunicated. There you yeah, go. There you can't is. think. Um, by people who are no longer there, and Ikora still loves the hell out of them. So it makes sense to bring Osiris back to the tower. It would make sense to put Saint over the new crucible mode and take Zavala and Ikora out just because there, there's nothing for them to do in the story anymore. Zavala's broken. Core is broken, and now we have these new characters to latch on to that they've really fleshed out. So I would not be surprised within the next year we see a complete change to the Vanguard and the Tower, because it's already in place. I know Saint's going to go somewhere in the Tower because his space is obviously temporary, 
So they got to put him somewhere. What if he disappears during the week? And then on the weekends when trial reappears, he, he shows back up. Just like Petra did when she was just a Queens guard and not the Queens wrath. That was, wait, was that, that wasn't, that wasn't like the garden area, wasn't it? Yeah, it it was above, like above the Vanguard area. The same way they did with Saladin um, was. Yeah. Because Saladin and Petra used to share that same courtyard above the Vanguard room. Mm -hmm. They also moved um, Grossface. What's her name? The one on the moon? Eris Morn. <laughs> I really don't like that character. I can't stand her. But they also moved her from that temporary space next, you know, on that wing of the tower to, you know, right across from the Vanguard. Right. I'm I'm still waiting to figure out who they get for the uh, new Hunter Vanguard. Because it can't be Sha- it, 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 Sorry, it can't be Saint-14. No, it was, it's actually going to be Crow, who is the new Aldrin. Mm-hmm. Because of the Vanguard there. The way mm-hmm. it was passed from Andalbras to Cade and now Cade to Crow. And the, now- and the bet and the, yeah, we're going to piss off a lore community with this one. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. Crow is not the same as Aldrin. Right. And Mara let him go because she realizes that's not her brother anymore. Plus, Mara really abused the crap out of her own brother, if you look at the lore. She really hated his guts and just used the hell out of him. But Well, to he was... Pretty much it. He was a jerk Gee. though, because of he his was sister. A jerk. Yeah, like she, he went out to the um to the garden, brought her back the flowers, and he wanted to plant the flowers with her in in their own personal garden at the Dreaming City. And she's like, "Oh no, I'll just have a servant do that." Like, what? Are you kidding <laughs> me? Oh, like, oof. but it's not the same guy. Now, granted, they have the lure tab of him you know, seeing other guardians and they either break down crying or they get really mad and try to attack them. But right. it's a different person entirely well, like, because he doesn't Stray know who he is. Stray says in chat, Crow doesn't know who the hell he is. Pulled Pork does though. Um, I don't think Pulled Pork knows either because Pulled Pork's no. kind of dumb. He is right. like half an IQ of a cockroach. So I don't think he realizes who he is either. But <laughs> with... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but... Pork, pork, pork. Thing is, though, we being, you know, our character is the guardian, you know, the god slayer, the, you know, it's all a matter of perspective. If we don't forgive Crow for something he doesn't remember, that kind of makes us the bad guy because we don't know if we were a complete jerk in our past lives. We don't know if we were on the good side, the bad side, whatever. So, really, it would it's be like Anna Bray. She doesn't remember who she was. And the Brays were absolute jerks. They were oh, horrible. they were. They were horrible, horrible people that just trapped people in exo lives, which is awful. But just, except for you know, I'm pretty sure Cade Six is pretty happy about that whole technology. No, Cade was actually enslaved as well into an exo mm-hmm. body. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's so, all perspective. Yeah. This is, so if we don't forgive Aldrin, who is actually dead, and we accept Crow for who he is and help him become somebody better, then really we're not any better than he was. And I think that is the point. Yeah. So yeah, That's a great point to end on because we can <laughs> right. sit here and talk <laughs> about Destiny for the rest night. of the night. <laughs> we could. 
Anyways, moving on before I ramble. We're going to move move on from there. Okay, just to keep us going, we're almost to the end. Uh, We cut something to keep, you know, the ball rolling. But uh, just to get through this, did anybody see the trailer for the Outriders game that's going to be coming out? No. It looks awesome. Uh, I suggest check it out. Um, It has kind of a Destiny Anthem um gears of war type feel to it okay it's really neat trailer i mean it 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 has a really uh unique enemy but you kind of get like mother nature like bestows powers upon you know this group your fire team each one has a different power and you start using that power along with your weaponry to you know overcome the enemies and it, it looks really cool it's it's a neat premise the trailer just dropped i believe yesterday check it out now the other thing that i really want us to get to last of us two which has been delayed to the end of the year and has been through several delays is going to be playable at pax east at the end of this month so if you are attending naughty dog will be there with a playable demo of last of us two how many of us are going to pax from the group here i think there's uh what two of us yeah. Two or three. We're going to yeah. find out. Oh, Depending on Passport go. Canada. Passport Canada is going to be the decider on that. But uh, we, speaking of PAX, we, we will be there with a booth in the Diversity Lounge. Uh, booth number nine. Uh, it's on the second floor. So on the main floor when you walk in, we're up there. Uh, come say hi to us. Grab some resources and some material from us and some swag. But also... Go play Last of Us 2 because it's going to be awesome. And also, uh, Discord is doing a special thing, too. They did a midnight hunt at PAX, PAX West this past year. And they incorporated, they tied it in with a gaming studio. Well, this year, they tied it in with another one. And uh, they're, do, they're bringing that to East. So you're going to go on kind of like a little Easter egg hunt type deal. and if you do everything, you bring it back to the booth. And I think you have to demo play Doom Eternal, which will be at PAX East as well. And then you go back and you get a special glow-in-the-dark uh, Discord pin. Amazon did a thing oh, like that at TwitchCon last year. Yeah, it's a popular thing, but there's going to be so many great games at PAX East this year. And I can't wait for... Any announcements? Last year at PAX East, they announced Borderlands 3 there. So Gearbox was there and announced it. So I'm really looking forward. And the thing about PAX East, um, well, not just East, but PAX in general, there's been talks that possibly this year, PAX might surpass E3 even. So as E3 is kind of... E3 has been dying. Mm -hmm. It's falling down. It's losing investors. Yeah, it's not pretty. Like, if you saw the pictures from last year, there was nobody in building two or three. It was empty. Yeah, and now compare that when it was a closed event and it wasn't open to the public. It was packed. Like, I remember being in the Destiny community and seeing some of our, um, actually, Blue Crew. Uh, He went there and a Mm -hmm. few others. And uh, It's a name I haven't heard in a while. Blue, ah, oh, he's my boy. Yeah. Um, they all went to PAX. It was packed, and it was great for networking and everything. And uh, 
now, unfortunately, I don't know if it was just PlayStation pulling out or an Xbox and they're doing so, their own events now. Like, Here's the thing, yeah. like these studios and companies and everything can pay to be at E3 and stick to their guidelines or they can have their own event and go wherever they do to whatever they want. And it's a better investment to do what they want rather than sticking to what E3 wants to do. So that's one of the main reasons why so many people are pulling out of it, which makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that's that we could we could make an entire other episode here mm-hmm. on that topic. Harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we might. That's a let's yeah. talk right there. Hey, no, it is. <laughs> no, but uh, if you are interested in attending uh, PAX East is uh, February 27th through March 1st uh, this year. So check it out if you want. And that's it. Uh, the last yeah, thing that we have. Where, where is uh, PAX East now? It's over in Boston, right? It's in Boston. Yeah, Boston Good old yeah. Boston. Yeah. So Boston. Just, just smart pocket car. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, uh, but, uh, go, uh, Dr. Goku, you want to take this last part? Yeah. Uh, today, the pre-orders came out for um, the new Avengers game. So it gives you the early access and everything. But one thing I wanted to talk about is they came out with their their big collector's edition, which comes out at $200. Mind you, it has a really cool Captain America statue. But prices of the collector's edition games have just been skyrocketing. So 200 bucks is actually nothing to me. Because I paid 250 for Titanfall 2 Vanguard Edition, which wasn't even available at GameStop. You could only get it through the studio. So, really? I think I paid upwards of $400 for my Destiny 2 Collector's Edition. I have never missed a Destiny Collector's Edition in my life. The Titanfall 2 came with a lot of extra stuff, though, didn't it? Well, it came with a wearable helmet, plus attachments. Um, there's... Yeah, the BT, which is the Titan mech, his voice is actually inside the helmet. So you just press a button and he has, you know, lines he runs through. Um, there was like a whole, like a journal, a couple other like cards and all that, about 6-4 and the other factions and a, uh, like a scarf that came with it. And it, it's a really pretty collector's edition and it was worth the 250 bucks. It was worth yeah. waiting, you know, forever for it to get here. But I mean, with, I mean, Destiny 2, uh, the day it was announced, I couldn't get online fast enough to pre-order it. Uh, when I picked up my husband from work, I was actually in tears because I couldn't find it to pre-order anywhere. And I was not going to miss a collector's edition at all. So he actually sat with me for two hours. And we looked from Austin all the way up to Colorado for a Destiny 2 collector's edition. He found one in San Antonio, Texas. That's a seven-hour drive there and back. And that Best Buy wouldn't ship it. And they weren't doing a midnight release. So the day before... He drove me out there for three and a half hours, stayed at a hotel, got up early. We waited in the Best Buy parking lot for an hour waiting for somebody to show up, picked it up. And then he drove me back. They have released three and a half hours. And then I sat my happy butt down and played the game until I passed out. But <laughs> that whole trip from between gas and picking it up and the hotel room was upwards of $400. But it was... An experience you'll never forget. Oh, exactly! It was the best trip because there's no major highway from here to to um, San Angelo, 
So we were taking all these country back roads and seeing all these little tiny towns. And there was like storms on either side of us, but not over the road. So it was really pretty to go to the Texas countryside. It was awesome. Gotcha. Nice. Well, that's an experience. <laughs> I feel bad for Dr. Goku because anything electronic oh. is got quite <laughs> a, a tax on top of it. Yeah, right now it's... I think our dollar is at a third. Uh, one American dollar is well, a dollar thirty-three Canadian is a dollar American. Yeah, it, so, like the two hundred dollar collector's edition for the Avengers is two hundred sixty-five dollars for you up there, plus tax, <laughs> plus the tax. That, that's a lot of Tommy Lee Jones dollars up there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> It comes up to three hundred and five bucks oh. with tax. That's a, a big pill to swallow. But but, but you're gonna but, get it. But free health. Uh, I'm not sure. I might just get the regular game because I, I don't see enough to get that physical collector's edition. And I, I've been seeing a lot of these new collector's editions that they don't offer that much stuff. But the price of games haven't gone up well it went up here in canada but they haven't really gone up since the 90s oh yeah in, industry-wide we're we're looking at uh, you know a lot of things are operating all all consoles newsflash all consoles sell at a loss yep right and a lot of games sell at a loss so that they can and this is why microtransactions are a thing because mm-hmm. they're selling at a loss so that they can pick it up on the back end and I know it's it's not going to happen, but raising the price a little bit to kind of get rid of some of those microtransactions or get more of the game in the game, I think would be beneficial to the consumer. But we all know that those may, big corporations are not going to do that. No. Because, because microtransactions work. They're exactly. actually making more money off of microtransactions than yep. just raising the price. Yep. Now, granted, games should be coming out between 100 to 130 just because the amount of work that goes into it and having to keep up with inflation. We <laughs> will never see that, but it, it honestly needs to be done. They need to just double the price, but they make more money off of microtransactions because it's like, oh, five bucks here, 10 bucks there. End of the year, you've spent maybe 300 bucks. Well, just look at Fortnite. Yep how much people will pay for a skin. What, some skins go for like 20 bucks? The season pass alone is like 10 bucks. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, what, once every three months they do a new season? Yep. Every two or three. Plus you you have to pay for all those skins as well. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, let's not even get into the next console generation. This is, is, um, here's my prediction. Microsoft is going to win this generation of console wars. I don't know, man. That's a big box. No, no. (laughs) Microsoft can operate at a loss because of the strength of xCloud and Game Pass. Game Pass is their killer app, in my opinion. Between those two, if you sign up for Game Pass and xCloud is part of your service fee, Mm -hmm. there is nothing PlayStation has that can compete with that. So Microsoft could operate at a loss and sell the Xbox One Series X, whatever they want to call it, for $300, and they're going to make that money back. They're not. They're still going to sell an exorbitant price that I will never pay in my life, because that is a big box. Why is the thing it so is. big? Well, it, it, you're <laughs> right. It's a PC. 
so but there's much. Yeah, there's a reason nobody's it's a micro doing, ITX PC. We're we're literally looking at a at a standoff right now of who's going to release their price first, because Microsoft yeah. literally is holding all aces right now because whatever whatever PlayStation puts out, Microsoft can go one dollar less. They can prices right them, right? But- they can. And, and and they're going to make the money on that on their services that they offer. Because PlayStation now doesn't compete with Game Pass. It does not. Not by a long shot. But at there's all. there's one know. thing PlayStation has over Xbox, and I will die on this hill if I have to. Tread carefully. I, I know. I'm <laughs> just going to say it because I used to play Destiny on both Xbox and PlayStation back in the day. I don't have people jumping into my PlayStation party like I did on Xbox asking me if they can tap that or how much they slept with my mom or calling me all these mm, names. I don't okay. deal with that on PlayStation. Okay. I deal with that on Xbox and I can't stand it. No, and that's a that's a numbers game. And that's a numbers game within your game. Um, look at the numbers of players in Destiny 2 per platform. PlayStation has that right now. Yeah, it's because so they're literally an odd generation. Yeah. So it's, it, Microsoft's going to try to swing it back on mm-hmm. their end, and they're they're swinging hard. Well, if they can get rid of the twelve year olds that jump in this chat and just scream their head off literally into the microphone, that's when they'll win my loyalty back. Those are that that that's population numbers, because those players exist on PlayStation. But I never see them. I only see them on right. Xbox. Because you've got a 10 to 1 odds. Well, my odds are a lot better right. on PlayStation, so right. they can that, take their giant box right. and just but go no, home. That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. No, I get you. I get exactly where you're coming from. There's, there's, yeah, there's douchebaggery everywhere. Mm. But when you're, when you're at a 10 to 1 ratio, you're, you're going to have an obviously better experience over on PlayStation. I'm, I'm a guy. I don't have that problem on Xbox. I'm going to do the consoles the same way I've always done. I'm going to wait to see what exclusive games they come out with. Destiny 3. It's going to be on the next generation. God of War. The next God of War. Unless Halo, Halo Infinite. No. I mean, the- Assassin's Creed is going into Viking territory next. So that's going to be pretty big. Yeah, these are all games I'm not interested in. but thank Right. You. <laughs> Destiny 3. Well, I'm a huge single-player, story-driven game fan. No, and again, not, I mean, not to diminish. Like, my, my wife has, has actively been trying to pick a new username because her, her, her name, just having her first name out there and being female, she's experienced so much issues with that that she, she wanted to be Mrs. Nate Fu. She wanted to try to tie herself to my account just to get that, that, that stigma of being a girl gamer, yeah. Um, so I get you, and and that's 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 uh, that's a, that's a problem that all the pr- platforms have to deal with. One thing with that Sony has is they have the exclusives, but Microsoft just has the the brand power and the financing behind it. So it's going to be an interesting generation for sure. Sure will be. Yeah, and, and Microsoft has the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Like if there's anyone that's going to get it right. Well, and, and I'm gonna chat's gonna get crazy again. If there are anyone who's gonna have the infrastructure to make streaming gaming work, it's going to be Google Stadia and XCloud, Microsoft. Sony has no stake in backbone technology. Yeah. So unless well, they, well, they make, have the remote play, want, but it's not that great. Well, but they're reliant on who? 
right? Unless Sony decides to partner up with Amazon, the only player left, they're not competing in the same arena as Google and Microsoft. I, don't I mean, know. Nintendo doesn't really have a cloud play, and they seem to do pretty well for themselves. Well, Nintendo's Nintendo. They yeah, also have uh, that's, Switch, so. Nin- but that's, that's the thing anywhere. is Sony's always going to have their fanboys like me, where Sony's, I'm probably always going to have a PlayStation no matter what. I don't sure. think I've ever used the remote play for PlayStation as long as I've had one. I've never used it. Me either. <laughs> it, yeah. it works well, depending on what your internet connection is. <laughs> Right, but it, it still incre- it increases a lot of lag. So you're playing off your console, streaming to the net, and then streaming back down to your device. And here's my final take on streaming services. And and this was one of those like Doctor Lupo did a uh, did a demo of Stadia on his. He's got a, a gigabit connection fiber to his house, um, dedicated for his gaming. And he had a horrible experience. I'm over here in Podunk, you know, the San Fernando Valley on a residential cable service. And I'm having a, a beautiful, and I've seen the difference between my gameplay and his with the clicking the buttons and watching it. Um, it's not a speed thing. It's a stability thing. And it's a, it's a location to your nearest backbone that's going to make your biggest difference. On these streaming services, We're, we could sit here all night and just discuss. This. I was just—I was going to use that as an opportunity. Go, okay, we could do this, but we got to right. move. All right, we are yeah. way over time. Yeah. Um, we're going to just start wrapping up right now. Um, Colt, uh, what can we look forward to in the uh, the near future or in the future from you? So Bad Destiny Joke and Shaq's Renovation are going to keep going. Um, they will be getting their own merchandise soon. Um, Termino is in production. Episode one just wrapped, so it's now in post. It took like a month to go from concept to post, which was amazing for me. Um, and episode two's in production. We actually just had our first recording session right before I got on with you guys. Um, episode one will not release to the public until episode six is in production because we're going to do it on a weekly basis. So we're going to release episode week by week because I know you guys, you're just going to binge it. And then you're going to be like, oh, I ran out of things to watch. So <laughs> doing it smart Nailed way. It. Um, so Tamino will be coming out when it's ready because I don't want to rush the guys. There's 53 people working on this thing from around the world. <sighs> wow. That's a big 50, project. 53 people working at Tamino. Um, the Red Jack Volunteer Network, which is uh, volunteers on the Shacks Motivation account. Literally, they're all called Red Jacks in their Twitter profiles. Mm-hmm. And they help reply to stuff that I just don't mm-hmm. see because there's too notifications. So that's still going. I'm actually setting up a legitimate structure for them. Um, and then now keep in mind, there's like 38 of them. And if you add on my mods for my discord community, I have like a hundred people employed. Right. Me. This it, is it, and, and I legit wanted to join your red Jack community, but between <laughs> the, the guardians um yeah. mh the server i was just i i did not want to burn myself out and do a disservice a to either one of them so yeah um but i'm actually looking at setting up an llc non-profit <clears throat> llc with a friend yeah. uh under his company so these red jack volunteers and the so, termino cast and crew can so put this right there yeah <laughs> everything about it yeah. um <laughs> so 
Uh, so they can actually put their work under me as legitimate experience on their resume. I can't pay them, but I can help them with this. So like Starcotic, who's my community manager for Tumino, she can actually say she was a legitimate community manager for an online community. Um, that's the best I can do. And that's in the works right now with all that paperwork. And it's such a freaking nightmare. Um, oh, trust me. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Again, uh, <laughs> that guy right there. Yeah. Um, and then the last you thing. question I can probably answer I'm, for I'm you. probably going to have to buck you a lot, dude. <laughs> I don't mind at all. Um, I'm trying to figure out which camera's which here. I'm poking, <laughs> poking you in the head. And but, then, uh, the yeah. last thing I'm doing um, is legitimate uh, merchandise for my brand called Immersio. Um, I'm making all the art and everything myself. It's going to be through Threadless. Um, and all of this is to go under the LLC when it's made so I can have a legitimate business. So I did the math. If I can make $3,000 a month off of merchandise and anything else, I can quit my job and just do this full time. That's awesome. So that's what I'm working towards because I can't do this crap anymore working for other people. Sure. I'll have a much better life if I'm working for myself. So yeah, that's what I'm working awesome. on. It's a lot on top of it's a full-time job and going to Krav Maga twice a week and trying to make Shaq's cosplay. <laughs> and that's why burnout is a real thing. And you got to take it seriously, it you know? Yeah. Yeah. Take your time. But that's awesome. And Again, thank you so much for coming on with us. Yeah. It's been an absolute blast. <laughs> I mean, usually we don't go over time that much, but the conversation has just been so great and just like organic. Like everybody are we, are is just so passionate about this? all this. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Are we going to have to make a two-parter? No, no, no. This will be a one. You know, okay. I'll cut some of it down. Don't you worry. <laughs> uh, it'll mainly be me. Usually, like every time, my notes are uh, Joe Rambling. Joe Rambling, Joe Rambling, Joe yeah, Rambling. And, so, and this time you made a bunch of notes, and we went at Mac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that went out the window. But tell us uh, where we can find you and more of your content. Um, so you can find my personal Twitter, which is isa underscore kole. Um, uh, hold on, I, I've, I've got to ask this because everyone always asks you this when you're on their podcast: Is it Isicle or Icicle? So it's Isicle because it's okay. Isabel and Cole put together, gotcha. um, which is actually what I'm legally changing my name to. Because um, little unknown fact, I actually deal with childhood PTSD. If you use mm. my real legal name at a certain volume or a certain tone, I will have a panic attack and I am yep. unable to speak. I go pale. I can't breathe. So I'm actually legally changing my name. Because so. I've heard so many different iterations of it, and it's like I've always looked. Yeah, at no one ever gets it right. Icicles, it's icicles, you know, icicles. Hey, frozen, yeah. No, it's Isabel Cole because I'm changing gotcha. my name to Isabel Cole Martin. So, yeah. okay, yeah, cool. It's Good official. question, Nate. It's uh, Cole. <laughs> yeah, Isabel. Good question. And thank you but, for sharing uh, that. All right, yeah. continue. So you can also find me on Bad Destiny Joke, which is where I put out really bad jokes about Destiny. Uh, I think I made one about Twizzler thongs yesterday. Uh, and then, I like Twizzlers too. <laughs> uh, Shaq's Motivation, um, which is where I talk as Shaq's. Um, you can also find me on my personal website, which is, it's, uh, I even say my own name wrong, isakole.com. Um, no underscore in that? 
No one's no, the guy that has my name <laughs> hasn't tweeted, never tweeted in the 17 years he's had this stupid account and I, just, I can't get it. And it's, mm. but yeah, so that's where you can find me. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you everybody for hanging out with us tonight. Um, you can find more of us, uh, Guardians Mental Health. Uh, you can find us on our Twitter, Guardians MH, uh, on our Twitch. Gmail, you can uh, actually. We don't have a Gmail anymore. It's oh. actually our direct uh, nonprofits email, which is support at guardiansmh.org. dot uh, You can listen to us on iTunes, Podbean, uh, Google Everywhere. Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, you can find us on there. And actually, just as last week, uh, we just got back onto iTunes. We had a hiccup, and we were off for a little while, and we're back on. And uh, that anxiety is gone. Um, And that's it. Thank you for hanging out with us and uh, listening. And we will catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Red Jacks rule. (laughs)